We do. Ah, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Great to see everybody. It is so funny how Sunday morning just seems to bring out the madness. Oftentimes, on the way to church, you know, getting ready for everything. Um, and I appreciate just though that sort of calm and also that the kind of like, wow, I really need this. Like, I really. <laughs> that's I guess why I was feeling, you know, so whatever, you know, as we're as we're getting here this morning is because. We really do need some time together. We need time to, 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 to consider things that we maybe haven't considered as much the rest of the week. Uh, to be together. To sing. I mean, how much have we sang this past week? Outside of this, shout for joy kind of songs. And uh, pray together. And just to try to capture, you know, God's spirit. And one another's spirit of strength. And so, uh, welcome. It is great to be here this morning. We are going to continue in our series that we've been having on Psalm 23, and so that's going to be a good thing just to even be able to get into it and read it and let it kind of, uh, you know, soak in, kind of marinate, you know, in terms of uh, just what God is trying to say to us personally this morning and also as a community. And so let's pray, and then let's open up our Bibles to Psalm 23, and let's let God do some talking. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so, so much that we can come together with friends and with, uh, with family, and we can worship you. Father, thanks for being the good shepherd. Mm-hmm. Thanks for knowing where the good food is. Thanks for knowing where the safe places are. Thanks for really loving us and having our best interests in mind. Thanks for reminding us, God, that we can shout for joy to the ends of the earth because you are good. Mm-hmm. Father, thank you this morning that we can look into your word and be uh, moved by your spirit. I do really pray, Father, that as we open up the scriptures this morning, that there could be a sense of awe in all of us uh, that uh, we get to, Father, we get to read and we get to uh, to think about and consider your voice and what you're saying to us this morning. And Father, we really pray that we can capture, we can kind of catch your spirit and walk in your spirit this morning. Father, thank you again for this time. Bless it by your spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I've got this Bible out of today. That I really enjoy. It's called the Jesus Centered Bible. It's the NLT. I guess that's the New Living Translation. So I wanted to read Psalm 23. Um, it says, <clears throat> says this. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me besides peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. It's good to know again, with all the with all the craziness of life, that 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 uh, as we stick close to God, that we can find the guidance and the wisdom and the protection and the strength and the encouragement that we need. I love. I read a little bit of part of the explanation of this in this in this Bible a few weeks back, but it's it's kind of a cool explanation. It talks about Jesus. It talks about talks about David, and I, I'd like to read it, uh, re- read it again. It says, um, Psalm 23 is about a shepherd who never fails us. David was a shepherd long before God anointed him king of Israel. 
So it's only natural that he connects shepherding with God's constant protection. Strength are totally dependent on their shepherd for everything. They aren't dumb, but they're extremely social and easily frightened and influenced. They're perpetually afraid and won't drink from a swiftly flowing stream, and they get antsy if they can't see other sheep when they're grazing in a field. They flock together when they're afraid, but they'll blindly follow a leader, even if it leads to a deadly fall over a cliff. Sheep simply can't survive without the care of a loving shepherd. Some passages of scripture actually use the term sheep as a metaphor for God's people. And he writes a few passages in there. Jesus used this term when speaking to Peter after his resurrection, asking him to care for the believers, to be their pastor. The word pastor comes from the Latin word pastor, which means shepherd. Jesus refers to himself as the good shepherd in John chapter 10. And, and Peter and Paul also describe him as a shepherd, Hebrews 13. First Peter 5 and 1 Peter 5. He is the one who leads, guides, protects, and provides. In Psalm 23, in this famous psalm, Jesus' identity as the good shepherd is detailed. Everything listed here is exemplified by Jesus' care of his people. Like guys, how much do we need this every single day? How much do we need to hear some comforting words, some inspiring words, you know, uh, some, some guiding words, some wise words as we go through the day-to-day challenges of, uh, of our lives? Mm-hmm. I was so thankful, you know, as, we, as we've been going through this psalm, uh, to hear from a lot of, a lot of you about mm-hmm. things that you're, that you're gaining from this psalm, things that you're kind of internalizing, and, and things that we can learn from one another as we, as we teach one another, you know, uh, with, uh, with the psalms. And... Uh, you know, as we as we uh, as we talk to one another about what we're learning and what God is doing in our lives, I'm super mm-hmm. thankful. I mean, as I go through the little list, um, you know, uh, Rob and Shonda they uh, spoke to us a few weeks back, and then the Carvalos uh, spoke to us, and uh, and that was awesome. Uh, Steve and Brenda uh, helped us understand a few, a few things about the song, and then Larry, you know, at our at our uh, Memorial Day uh, picnic service, mm-hmm. which was awesome. And then, uh, you know, we, we, we were away, but we listened to uh, uh, the Slaters, you know, on there as they spoke about Psalm 23. Mm-hmm. And then last week, you know, I heard it was just awesome. We were at church down in, in, uh, in Atlanta, but I heard it was just great with Alan, Yovan sharing. And uh, I think the good news for a lot of us was that Alan, Yovan shared that she's going to be coming back for a second sort of round of, nice. you know, of, uh, of nursing. And so we're really excited about that because uh, they've been such an addition. It's so cool to have people kind of come here and visit us for a few months and just kind of dig in yep. and just kind of encourage and inspire us, you know, as they, as they come through. But today I'm going to be talking about uh, verse 4, <clears throat> Psalm 23 and verse 4. And in, in the NIV, it says this in verse 4, it says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. You know, I love this verse because this is one of those verses that when you read it and you recite it, it's almost like an affirmation. It's almost like a statement of faith. Even though I walk through the valley of death, I will fear no evil because you're with me. And it becomes a statement that's really powerful for us just to be able to internalize it and be able to, to say this and get trying to find this mind frame, this sort of heart set, this spirit set. Even though 
Mm-hmm. Even though life gets hard, mm-hmm. even though life gets confusing, even though there feels like there's darkness all around, right. even though I can have that sort of defiant faith and have that sort of bring it life, I'm ready for you. I'm ready for this moment, even though it gets hard. And of course, for everybody, life gets hard. For all the sheep, life gets tough, it gets dark, it gets difficult, it gets confusing, it gets stressful. But even though, David is saying here in the spirit, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. I love this kind of defiant faith that he expresses. Because it's almost like a, it's almost like a, uh, an expression of, you know, kind of that like, hey, Satan, I see you back there hiding. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, difficulty, I see you. Mm-hmm. And I'm ready for you this time. You're not going to sneak up on me. Mm-hmm. And I got a little bit, bit of bravado. I got a little bit of courage. Mm-hmm. That even though kind of courage, I mean, we see that in Moses. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as God is coming to Moses. And we see Moses saying, well, do you really know my past? And God says to him, even though you can have faith that I'm going to be with you through this. You know, we look at people like, um, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. As they're going into this, this, this fiery hot furnace. And their little speech beforehand. It says, even though speech. It says, hey, God is with us. But even if he's not, we have no fear of you. You can't do anything to us. God is on our side. And so they fearlessly went into the fire, and then it says there was someone like the Son of God in the fire with them. And so sure enough, it wasn't just words. God was with them. And they could have that even though kind of spirit. You know, you think about uh, people, of course, like, like Jesus. He had that even though spirit. You know, they come to him and say, you know, Herod wants to kill you. You need to go somewhere else. He's like, go tell that fox. It's like, even though Herod... I will drive out demons and heal people today and tomorrow. And in any case, yep. you know, I must keep going. And he had that even though spirit. You look at, at Esther and her even though spirit. You look at Nehemiah. You know, as he's going before the king, he's just a cupbearer. He's this little nobody. He doesn't have the title, doesn't have the position. But he said that little short prayer on the way to that conversation, and God answered. And this person, even though he was a nobody... Supplied him with all the provisions and all the supplies that he needed. You know, we, um, we look at David facing Goliath. And he was just a young guy. He was just a shepherd boy. He wasn't like the great, you know, uh, warriors that were cowering in front of Goliath. But he had that even though spirit. He said, you know, my God is with me. I've killed the lion. I've killed the bear. He kind of went back to some of those victory, you know, memories that God had for him. And he said, even though Goliath is the leading, you know, uh, warrior of the area, even though I'm totally outmatched, even though I'm just this kid, God is with me. And you cannot defy the armies of the living God. And so he had that even though spirit. You know, uh, I love uh, Esther. I was reading this uh, book in the bookstore the other day, and it was this book by Max Lucado on Esther. And he had a little quote in there, and he said, and it said, it kind of resonated with me a lot. It said, um, it says, when we cry out, God, do something, which we cry out quite often, don't we? God, do something, man. I'm the only person who's trying to do anything around here. Why don't you try to do something for a change, God? That's how we feel, right, in these kind of situations. He says, when we cry out, God, do something, 
exclamation point, God says, I did. I created you. Amen. And I love that spirit because Esther, again, was sort of a nobody in this set of circumstances. And the circumstances were so much more powerful than she was. But God was with her. And so it made her into a different force. It made her into a different human. And so God was saying, yeah, I have done something. He said, I created you. Amen. And I love that because it gives me a sense of hope, you know, as we're going through challenges in our workplace. And we can cry out, God, do something in my workplace. And he's saying, well, I created you to go into your workplace with me, with my strength with you. And we're going to make a difference, even though. You know, if it's in our family, family challenges, or it's in our little day-to-day annoyance challenges, or if it's at school, wherever it might be, we can have that, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I love those three powerful words that I think God is really trying to speak to each of us as we look at these three powerful words. I walk, I will, and I'm with. So walk and will and with are three words that you see going with each one of these people that we just talked about and so many others that the scriptures talk talk about. As yeah, they may have been weak in and of themselves, but they had that will and they had that, uh, uh, that will, that walk, and that with. I mean, the word I walk is such an incredible metaphor for life. Mm-hmm. Life is a journey. Mm-hmm. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. How about you right now? I, I probably I can assume I think for all of us we're going through some kind of valley. But they you know they said the greatest advice when you're going into the, into the valley of death, you're walking into the in, into the valley of death is to not stop but to keep on walking. <laughs> Because sometimes we can get stuck there. And we we can stop there. We can be kind of frozen by all the fears. And really, sometimes the most important thing is just to take that next step. To take that next step, even though I walk. So what David is telling us is kind of a secret to getting through it is to keep walking. Even though we're not quite sure of the next step. Mm -hmm. And even though we're not quite confident in the next step. I'm going to keep walking. You know, I love that passage in Micah chapter, in Micah chapter 6 and verse 8, where it says, this is what I require. It's God speaking. This is what I require. To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Mm-hmm. We see two of those words here, walk and with. Mm-hmm. But you know, in some ways, some, oftentimes the best thing we can do is not try to figure it all out, not try to stop and consider all the, ra- all the things that are making us afraid, but it's just to keep going. To stay on the journey, to stay on the path. God is doing something. God is working for the good. So, guys, let's keep walking. Mm-hmm. It says, I will. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will. I love when when uh, Steve was talking about this a few weeks ago, Steve Nash. He was talking about how all, all the times in the Psalms it talks about, I will. That I will do this. And it's interesting because I, the I will is kind of an expression of the faculty. I looked this up in the dictionary. Talk about the faculty, the faculty that decides and initiates action. The faculty in us as humans that says, I will. And then that willpower that, again, 
acts on uh, the things that we determine and the things that we decide. It's the faculty that decides and initiates action. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And sometimes, guys, it's just really good for us to recite those passages that remind us of the meaning of what we're going through, that remind us of the decisions that we've made. Because isn't it oftentimes we get into a situation and we forget that we made a decision about this already? And oftentimes we kind of get stuck because we start considering all the options. Whereas if we look back a week before or the day before, or maybe even that morning, we already decided on this. Right. When this happens, I will. I will not fear. I will be fearless. And it helps us, kind of like we talked about a few weeks ago, it helps us get into a, a different mindset. That Philippians 4 mindset. You know, that to, to think about whatever is good, whatever is lovely, whatever is trustworthy, whatever is true. And so a lot of times it's this, this, I will. I will act on what I've decided. I love oftentimes when Crystal talks about this, about being decisive. She talks about it as being something where the word actually means to cut out. Sometimes it's about saying no to things and cutting things out of our life and being decisive about it. And saying no, I will. No, I will. It's kind of like Jesus said, let your yes be yes, and your no, no. And I love, I love this little part. He says, for everything else comes from the evil one. It's like oftentimes that gray area, that indecisive area, is where a lot of the junk happens. And a lot of where we, we fall into some of these patterns in our life that just aren't healthy and aren't good for us. And so it's oftentimes important for us to say, I will not fear, for you are with me. And that's that third word. With. With. I was talking with Chandra, I think, and Michelle a few weeks ago. I mean, a few months ago, actually. Now, maybe even last year. And you guys are talking about the book you're reading, With. And it's such a powerful concept, isn't it? Because throughout the scriptures, we learn that God doesn't want to go before us, necessarily, or behind us. He doesn't necessarily even want us to follow behind him. And he certainly doesn't want us to be over him. We're not over God so that we rule God. But we're also not under God in the sense of that God looks down on us. So often the scriptures just talk about with. With. And that we're with God and he's beside us. And he's our friend. And he's our shepherd. He's good. And he loves us. He has our best interests in mind. And he wants to come up with us as a partner. And we see that in passages like, you know, Matthew 11, where Jesus says, you know, come to me all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And so we find these passages that are so, that are so powerful about God being with us. I love, you know, how Jesus describes it. If you turn with me over to uh, Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. You know, this book that we're reading, and we're going to kind of refer to it here in just a moment, is an awesome book. And I'm always reading books. I, I love different books that help, you know, bring concepts to life. And there's certain authors that I know that we're all sort of drawn to. 
But you know, I think that the, the person that over over time that we need to be it's important that we're drawn to the most is the author of life. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think oftentimes these podcasters or different authors or different experts can become more prominent as a voice in our thinking. Right. And again, it's super helpful to, you know, with, with us as, as kind of ordinary humans kind of helping each other with our different perspectives. But I think it's really important that we, at the core of who we are, that we go back and we trust the Good Shepherd, Jesus, the most. And especially when there's sort of competing ideas. When Jesus' idea competes or is sort of different from another idea, I think Jesus has proven his expertise enough, especially in rising from the dead, for us to go, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to consider that one, but I'm going to actually choose Jesus. Yeah. Right. That Jesus is going to become that primary voice right. of mentorship, that primary voice of guide, that primary voice of wisdom in my heart and in my mind and in my spirit and in my body. You know, one of the things that Jesus talked about in uh, Matthew chapter 19, verse 20, he talked about this idea of with. Um, and he just, makes this, he just makes this statement. And he made this kind of statement a few times, but it's just interesting because they're, 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 they're talking with this young man, and Jesus, it seems, you know, talks to this young man about this really high level of commitment. And, the, and, the, and it says he looks, looked at this young man and he loved him, but he went away sad because he actually rejected what Jesus had said. And the apostles are going, Jesus, seriously? Why'd you do that? Why'd you send this guy off? He says, can anybody be saved? Can anybody, can anybody kind of engage with this? In verse 25 it says, when the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And there's that word, with. Guys, on your own and on my own, it just doesn't matter how mentally strong we are, how smart we are, how rich we are. doesn't matter how educated we are. You know, all those things fail when we're just relying on our own strength. And yet, oftentimes, we're, 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 trying to, we're, we're working on those things over and over and over again, but we get into the valley of death, and we, we give in to all the other stuff that all people before us have given in to. And there's a lot of carcasses on the side of that path in the valley of death. There's a lot of, there's a lot of trouble. There's a lot of stories. But we don't have to give in to those because of who we're with. You know, I read this quote one time. It says, the quality of our lives depends on, the quality of our relationships determines the quality of our lives. And I think that's a really important thought. And it includes our relationship with God. The quality of our relationships determines the quality of our lives. It isn't about what you own. It's not about, you know, your, your degrees. I mean, all these things are great and good in their own right. When it comes down to the quality of our lives, it really does depend on the quality of the relationships. And primarily, guys, the quality of our relationship with the one who created us. The quality of our relationship with our creator. Yeah, that's right. You know, some people say, well, I don't believe in God. 
And really, in, in so many ways, not believing in God is foolish. Because we know that there's, we know that there's a creator out there who created all things that we can't understand. We know we didn't create ourselves. We know we didn't create all of this. Where did it come from? Well, it came from a creator. So maybe what we can agree is that there is a creator. And different people maybe call them different things. And, 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 you know, over time, you know, there's different religions and ideas that have come up around that. But we are created beings. And it's so important for us as created living beings who have the DNA of our creator inside of us right. to build a relationship with that creator. Right. The Bible says, walk humbly with your creator. Mm-hmm. There's so much strength there. That's right. There's so much wisdom there. It's that with. And God is not saying to us, Jesus is not saying to us, get in line, man. He's not saying, you know, I'm smarter than you. He's not looking down at us. In fact, Jesus literally gets down and he stoops down to make us great. That's right. He stoops down to say, hey, there's greatness in you. You're created, you're an image bearer. You're created in the image of God. Right. And yet it's so interesting, isn't it, how like in that third soil that Jesus talks about, how the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth can get so much in the way. Of us walking humbly with our God. I just want you to think again. Guys, in the course of your day, what's the most important priority for you? What is that priority in your life? Is it walking humbly with your God? Because until we can say, yes, I struggle with it. It's hard for me. I'm still trying to figure it out. But until we can look at our schedule... And say, yeah, God is my priority. Walking humbly with him really is the real priority in my life. And we learn about it from, the pe- from people who've done it in the scriptures. We learn about it from Jesus, who is honestly the greatest shepherd. But he's also the greatest sheep of all time. We learn how to be a healthy, thriving sheep from Jesus because he had that relationship with God. He was in love with God. So we learn so much from him. But until we can say that, it's going to really be hard for us to feel the strength that comes with that. And what I'm saying is, if it's only a hobby, or if church is only something we kind of attend on, you know, the weekends, and a walk with God isn't a real thing about in, in our lives, then it, then it becomes something that's fake, and it becomes something that's actually even more of a drag than it is a, a source of strength. But if we can really sow to that, if we can really cultivate that relationship and build trust there and get to know God for who he really is, not who we might have thought he was at one point, but really dig in and say, God, I want to know you. I want to be close to you. I want to have a with relationship with you. This is so important to me. I need it. I crave it. I long for it. And then to have that, you know, that I walk, I will, I'm with, kind of reality about our lives. Then we start to be able to say with confidence, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I can remember so many different times in my life where this is what I needed to learn the most. Because I'm very self-reliant. 
I'm very pride, prideful. I'm very proud. I'm very scared. I'm very insecure in, in, my, in my basic nature. And so sometimes I don't want to be around God because I get a little bit scared in God's presence. And I, feel, I don't feel up to the challenge. But I've found this over and over. And I can look back especially four or five different times in my life where, where I have gone through this valley of the shadow of death and the main thing that God wanted me to learn in that is, I am with you. That's right. Mm-hmm. Steve, I am with you. Be with me. Gus, I'm with you. Amen. Let's do this together. And when I would find that conviction in my life and in my heart, it wouldn't necessarily change the circumstances. It wasn't like then all of a sudden all my prayers were answered. But there was a sense of calm. There was a sense of strength. There was a sense of rootedness and centeredness. And everything's going to be okay. And I don't need to even hear whatever it is that I was hearing. Mm -hmm. That comes. And maybe it's after tears at night. Maybe it's after a long journey through tough times. Maybe for you it hasn't been a tough week. It's been a tough decade. You know, for some of us, that's how it happens sometimes. But when we finally get to that point where we say, I, where you are with me, I will be with you and I will walk humbly with you, that's when, that's when our insides change. Mm-hmm. And that's when it doesn't matter about circumstances. Because we're with God. And everything's going to be okay. You know, this, this is a book, this book we've been reading. Uh, a Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. It's a great little book. And I was reading through this chapter this past this past week and just kind of thinking about the different um, things that he's talking about here. And I, I'd really encourage you to go back and read the chapter on even though I walked through the valley. But it says a few things. I wanted just to read it. It says, from a shepherd's point of view, this statement marks the halfway stage in the psalm. It's as though up to this point the sheep has been boasting to its unfortunate neighbor across the fence about the excellent care it received from its owner on the home ranch throughout the winter and spring. It's kind of funny because even this past trip we took, we stayed at an Airbnb on a farm in a little cabin in, in North Carolina, and right outside our window was were sheep. And they were so like full of personality. It was just so funny watching. At one point, they're they're kind of resting on each other. So one sheep, they were like in a little line. And so one sheep had its head on the butt of the other sheep. And that sheep had its head on the butt of the, of the sheep in front of it. And they were so cute. And I can see them kind of boasting over the fence to the other guy. Yeah, you think your shepherd's cool. You should see our shepherd. That's kind of what he's talking about here. It's kind of a halfway stage of the psalm. And they were kind of, uh, you know, the first part of the psalm is talking about how cold the shepherd is. It says, now it turns to address the shepherd directly. The personal pronouns, I and you, enter the conversation. It becomes the most intimate discourse of deep affection. This is natural and normal. The long trek into the high country with the summer range begin here. Left behind are the neglected sheep on the other side of the fence. Their owner knows nothing of the hill country, the mountain meadows to which the sheep will be led. Their summer will be spent in the close companionship and solitary care of the Good Shepherd. Both in Palestine and on our western sheep ranches, this division of the year is common practice. Most of the efficient sheepmen endeavor to take their flocks into distant ranges during summer. He goes on about that. It's really interesting. 
It says, during this time, the flock is entirely alone with the shepherd. They are in intimate contact with him and under his most personal attention day and night. That is why these last verses are couched in such intimate first-person language. And it is well to remember that all of this is done against a dramatic background of wild mountains, rushing rivers, alpine meadows, and high rangelands. At the end of the chapter, it says, The person with a powerful confidence in Christ, the one who has proved by past experience that God is with him in adversity, the one who walks through life's dark valleys without fear, his head held high, is the one who in turn is a tower of strength and a source of inspiration to his companions. There are going to be some valleys in life for all of us. The good shepherd himself assured us that, quote, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. The basic question is not whether we have many or few valleys. It's not whether those valleys are dark or merely dim with shadows. The question is, how do I react to them? How do I go through them? How do I cope with the calamities that come my way? With Christ, my good shepherd, I face them calmly. With his gracious spirit to guide me, I face them fearlessly. I know of a surety that only through them can I possibly travel onto higher ground with God. In this way, not only shall I be blessed, but in turn, I will become a benediction, a blessing to others around me who may live in fear. You know, our God, our good shepherd, has been so good to us. Think about these last two years, brothers and sisters. And I feel emotional. Because we've been through a lot. We've been through a lot of confusion. We've been through a lot of distance, you know, physically in our relationships. And it's been a challenge. And I, I've been so proud at how we've wrestled with it. And I really have seen us, you know, trying to, 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 to do our best, to, to cling to one another, to help one another, but also to, to cling to God. And to walk with him. I was just writing down some of the incredible ways I've seen God guiding us and providing for us. Mm-hmm. Like a couple of years ago, Janetta was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I remember it being touch and go, whether Janetta was going to get through it. Mm-hmm. But God delivered Janetta. Mm-hmm. God's delivered Margaret you know, through her surgeries recently. Mm-hmm. And we've been praying about those things. God's faithful. Mm-hmm. He's a good shepherd. I think about little Judy, newborn. June of 2020. Happy birthday, Junie. <laughs> Two years old. Um, but Sue was, you know, spending some time with Monica the other day, and she came back and we were just talking about what a special soul Junie is. Mm-hmm. And I saw a little video of her doing yoga, doing <laughs> downward dog, doing these different things that, that, in a sense, it's interesting because Monica and Devin have taken this time in COVID to say, hey, we're going we're gonna to take this as an opportunity to kind of build our family. And I see a lot of strength there. And it's cool to see Judy, this little being, this beautiful, this beautiful little girl that's kind of grown up among us as a, as a reminder who God is, right? who our good shepherd is. And now, of course, Devin and Monica are expecting their second. And that's such a blessing. Wow. Incredible. You know, I think about the Nefs buying this awesome home in, uh, uh, in uh, Montpelier. A blessing. So they sold a home. Moved into a rental place and bought a home over the last two years. 
And God has provided. God has been so faithful as the good shepherd as they've clung to him. Think about the meters and the awesome home that they're in. And, uh, but yet, what a struggle that was. Selling and preparing. And what happened? Well, 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 you know, what's our future like? How does this all work out? But God is faithful. And God has blessed the, the meters, the nafs, the, the uh, little fields, Janetta, Margaret. God has blessed the Carvalho's. You know, it was two years ago on May 1st that they got married. You guys remember the rain? Yeah. One, one, passed that place. one year ago. One year ago. Sorry, yeah, one year ago. May 1st. It was kind of like this kickoff of the summer. And we're down in Middlebury. We went by there the other day, and I was remembering just the amazing celebration that was. What an expression of God. And, you know, especially as Zach and Jess have gone through incredible struggles in their families with COVID, God has been their strength. And they've made it. They're stronger because of it. God has been faithful. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about uh, the Slaters and all the prayers for Emma and Kareem mm-hmm. to make it back. To, to for Kareem in particular to, to make it to to make it to the Slater estate, you know, <laughs> somehow safely. And sure enough, those prayers have been answered and so much more. Mm-hmm. And it's just awesome. And I think God needs the credit for that. We need yeah. to look to God and say. Thank you, God. You are faithful. You are good. You know, I think about the leaps and how the leaps, you know, God brought the leaps to Vermont just a few years ago. And the leaps have been so faithful. They're such an anchor for all of us, especially during this time. Maybe God sort of knew we needed Peter and Jeanette to be here as a faithful, trustworthy, reliable force for God and reminding us about God. As we've gone through these tough times, I think about the Robins and this ski lodge they bought at the top of whatever mountain that is. And I think about Ryan's new job. It's God. Amen. God loves us. Yeah. Think about Shelby. Think about uh, her new job. And it's been a struggle, hasn't it, the last few months? Going, is this ever going to happen? Can I walk through this valley of death? Is there a job at the other, at the other end of this valley? Who knows? But sure enough, uh, you know, in some ways, Shelby just got this incredible job that she wasn't even thinking about before mm-hmm. before the last couple of months. Just an incredible job, great place to, to live, and uh, it's had a great time hanging out with the Robins, too, I think, in the meantime. So a lot of blessings there. Think about Larry. <clears throat> His job is becoming indispensable at his work. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm, I'm proud of you. Inspire me you know, to see how you're taking those steps at work and, and really, really digging in and becoming... Uh, indispensable in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Think about Kayla and Keegan going through their journey to to get through college. I think about you know when we moved here, Kayla. You know she'd get up when it was dark, four in the morning, she'd start trekking to to work, and then she'd go to school. But sure enough, over at the meters, what are we doing? We're celebrating her graduation. God is good, and God has gotten her through that. And same with Keegan. Think about ourselves, the shops. You know, um, frozen shoulder, Lyme disease, COVID. So many times that I just wasn't sure, you know, if we're going to get through this. But God has gotten us through it. And it was such a reminder for us, you know, being with our little granddaughter. And just feeling blessed. Feeling blessed. Feeling lucky. Kind of like, yeah, I still am the most blessed man of all time. I'm still the richest man in the history of the world. And uh, God loves me. And God is with me. I wanted just to ask us and just have a just have a moment before we take communion together. Just have a moment about 
how you see that. How you see your good shepherd at work in your life or maybe in the life of someone else that's inspiring you. But, but I just think it's important to talk about here. How have we seen the good shepherd at work in our community, in our lives, in our families, in our workplace? Anything come to mind? Exact answer, but it was something I thought about on your first point the even though. Mm. So there's probably enough parents in this room that were subjected to Debbie Dales over the years. <laughs> <laughs> we probably haven't been PDD in too long. But, you know, maybe it's those songs like Pick Your Game, Kids Watching Over and Over. One of them was like Joshua and Big Wall or something like that. Yeah. Right? And it was uh, a little tease for the adversaries, you know, on the top of the wall in Jericho sang a song to the Israelites as they were walking around, God told them to walk around, so yeah, it just seems ridiculous. And so they're being ridiculed from it. And it was the guys are saying, keep walking. <laughs> you won't knock down this wall, keep walking, but it's not it isn't gonna fall. Plain to see that your brain's very small, but keep walking. Yeah. And you know, and but I was thinking about that is sometimes that decision like even though Yeah. You know, those guys are at, in the middle of that ridicule group like this this is kind of ridiculous. Um what are we achieving as they have to go around the city seven times, right? They're just being obedient. You know, I think so many times in our own life that even though moment is yeah. there's very that's the rubber's meeting the road there, that mm-hmm. even though stuff. And we don't we don't see that ahead or around the corner. We don't see yep. it. It's not always clear, but I feel like God is always, you know, proving reliable, proving true despite uh, all the even knows. And mm-hmm. and it's easier to look back in retrospect. Yeah. But you can't see it moving forward. And so it's always new yeah. that you have to say that question like, even though I, I don't see this, mm-hmm. but I'm going to trust. So I thought that was just that was a great point. Something I can mm-hmm. think about. Yeah, so true. Mm-hmm. Even though. So many examples of that in our, in our lives. Mm-hmm. Scriptures is true. Jen? Yeah, um, you know, just thinking about where I've seen God move, um, certainly with my mom in the past month and a half. Um, we came down with COVID, picked up a leg, and she seemed to get better, and then she plummeted, and she had to go to the hospital. And there were conversations I had with my brother where we were like, is this going to be it? Is she going to come home? We don't know. And feeling really nervous about it. And, um, you know, in 2021, we had those little bracelets, and mine, the word on my bracelet was trust. And I kept like I that had kind of been in a drawer for a while, and I brought it back out, and I was just like, I need to trust. I need to trust God. I need to trust this process. I need to trust that He's got it. And she's praise God. She's in rehab right now, and she's doing phenomenal. Like, you know, the doctor listened to her lungs and said she still has a little bit of pneumonia left, but they're not they're not concerned about it. And she's getting up. She's moving. She's going outside. She's walking. She's impressing all of the the PT and the OT, and and it looks like she's probably going to be there for all, a total of a week, and then she'll get to come home with confidence. So, um, yeah, that's a huge, like, God. And I know so many people are praying. I'm so grateful. Because um, there were definitely times where my faith was, it was, it was even though I'm just going to keep moving and I'm just going to trust mm-hmm. that whatever the outcome is, it is God's will. And that's in God. Yeah, very good. Yeah, so 
Well, with that, let's pray. Let's, let's take some <clears throat> Thanks, John. Thanks, everybody, for sharing. Father, we don't get it all, but we, uh, we look to you for, for strength, for wisdom, for guidance. Even as we face these difficulties in our lives, we face even death. Father, we're just going to put our faith in you. We're going to trust you. We're going to put that bracelet back on, and we're going we're gonna to trust you. Father, thank you that we can trust you. Thank you that we are trustworthy. Thank you that you make so many promises to us that you're so faithful with. Father, thanks especially for Jesus, who really, really helps us to see that, Father, that good shepherd that you are, and your compassion, and your humility, and your, your power, <clears throat> your love. Uh, God, your belief in us as your kids, as your sheep. Father, we, uh, we want to take a few minutes just as we take the bread and as we take uh, the juice. Father, to remember just how earnestly you expressed that in the cross and the resurrection, Father, you are with us, and we can trust you, and you're going to get us through this. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil, for you're with us. Thank you, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray.